Welcome to the Ground Level Podcast. My name is Rene Castellanos. I'm here with my co-host Isaac Jones. Hello. And today we are here with Robbie Lopez Irisarri. Do you want to introduce yourself, Robbie? Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm a second year studying politics and public policy. I'm half Cuban, half Puerto Rican from Miami, Florida, and I'm the founder and president of GenVote at NYU. We're the only student group on campus solely dedicated to voting rights and voting reform, and I'm the co-leader of the New York City Let New York Vote Youth Working Group working to pass voting rights legislation at the state level. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Robbie. Um, it's really, really great to have you on our show. It's really great to have you on our first episode. Um, so what will you be talking about today? Yeah, so I will kind of be focusing on the state of voting rights uh, in the country with specific emphasis on youth voting rights and sort of the institutional barriers that young people face in order to exercise their vote. That's fascinating, but I actually haven't heard about voting rights all that much. Could you explain what voting rights are and what voter suppression is? Yeah, so uh, voting rights are this grouping of kind of election law and voting law and how hard or how easy uh, it is for people to exercise their vote. And voter suppression is how these election laws and voting laws are made to make it harder for people to vote. Uh, specific groups. So let's take you as an example, Robbie. You're Latino, you're a student. Is there any voter suppression that you might face? Yeah, so, you know, I'll give you a perfect example right here in, in New York State. You know, we only have 10 early voting poll sites mm -hmm. on college campuses in the entire state. Does that include NYU? That actually does include NYU. The nearest early voting poll site at NYU is on 15th Street. So, and that's going to be moved after this year. The oh. moved closer or like moved? It's not clear yet, but it will not be there anymore. But apart from the proximity of the poll sites, are there any other instances of voter suppression in your eyes? Like legislation or like, you know, certain practices that maybe like authorities or like poll uh, personnel would enact? Besides the actual laws, for example, voter registration here in New York State, Right now, luckily, some folks are working to try to get automatic voter registration, but that's not a reality yet. Students still have to actually register to vote. And for example, uh, let's Wait, say... Can you just explain briefly yeah. what automatic voter registration yeah, is? Yeah, absolutely. So it basically is this idea of an opt-out system for voter registration. So any time that, let's say, I interact with any agency here in New York State, they will automatically register me to vote. That's the idea behind that. So that could enfranchise scores of people, especially young people. That's amazing to hear. But on this note of disenfranchising young people, I want to ask you, you're evidently very well versed in the topic. You're evidently very personally invested in the topic. You've even founded your own chapter of GenVote here at NYU. I want to ask you, why do you care about this issue? Why do you care so much about voting rights? Why have you dedicated your academic career so far in college to that as opposed to climate change or other issues? Because I've seen it firsthand, whether that be uh, in actual voter registration drives or in just looking at the way that the rules are set up. They're made to make it harder for, for people to vote. And I also think on the issue of climate change and, and all these bold policies, we have to think about the way that voting is kind of a building block of our entire democracy, how it sets up and makes, if we want to talk about all the things we need to do about climate change, we have to talk about how we can actually get there. And a lot of time that involves the ballot box. It's also interesting because I'm guessing that if more young people voted, then maybe we would start doing things about climate change quicker, right? 
Yeah, I mean, that's what the numbers would look like. Yeah. Yeah. When did this start? Like, when was the, the, the kind of, like, the commencement of this this practice of voter suppression, uh, as well as, like, the fight for voting rights? Is this is this recent? Is this, like, a kind of, like, a, like a new thing that's happening now? No. This has been since the founding uh, of our country. Pretty much, we have not been a liberal democracy since the 1960s with the passage of the Voting Rights Act. There is a long, long history of, of voter suppression, especially along racial lines. And actually, this very, it's, you know, in March is actually the 55th Jubilee event of, of Selma, where Jimmy Lee Jackson was literally killed for trying to fight for his right to register to vote. So uh, it's not a new issue. This is very old. I think we're taught, like in, in, in school, when the, the history is not so whitewashed, that they were intense like examples of like poll taxes, the way that African-American voters were treated right after uh, and during the, the period of Reconstruction. Personally, I think not a lot of people know about this issue and how deep it gets and how um, still very much alive is the issue of voter suppression. I'm sure you know, being Latino, that voter intimidation is still like a very much alive thing. No, absolutely. That's one of the biggest parts when we talk about what what is the face of, of voter suppression. A lot of times it's not even the laws on the books. It's the laws that are proposed. It's this idea of, oh, this new uh, voter ID law that could complicate things. Even if it doesn't actually become law, it makes people question, wait, am I registered to vote? Can I actually go and vote? And this is especially true for communities where English isn't the, the main language, and especially immigrant communities. I, I feel like you make a good point there. Obviously, these, these communities don't stay within the boundaries of their ethnic group, right? So you have Hispanic people communicating with people of uh, European descent, uh, African-American communities, and I feel like a lot of this talk about voter ID laws to some people almost makes sense, right? You, you, like I've heard a lot of the argument like, oh, we buy alcohol with an ID, we, we, we buy cigarettes with an ID, we do all these things. And so, and so it becomes like this sort of like common sense thing for some people. And then for me, at least, you know, being Hispanic, like I recognize um, the fear around this like voter fraud kind of thing to the extent that it's it prohibiting some of the people in my ethnic group and in other minority groups to even vote or to even consider to vote. That seems seems like a, like a very prominent kind of problem in my community and, uh, and others. To talk a little bit more about the, this, this sort of like history behind uh, voting rights and voter suppression, is there anything that we can do right now in terms of uh, us being students or just like general citizens of the United States? Can we do anything to stop this tide of voter suppression from you know, continuing? Yeah, get involved, organize. This is something that unfortunately what it requires is people coming together and saying, at the local level, we will not have this. We will not allow for this new voter ID law to take place. We will make sure that there is a polling place on our college campus. We will make sure that voting and voting sites are accessible to all. So you got to get involved. And I'm going to go ahead right now and plug Generation Vote. We're working to actually make it easier, especially here in New York State, hopefully eventually nationwide, make it easier for young people to vote, whether that be passing a law that says there are mandatory on-campus poll sites across the state, or whether that be automatic voter registration, whether that be lowering the voting age. This is the type of stuff that we need to do. And, and you've already been doing a little bit of work in this, right? Like, you know, I, I use Instagram. I see people plugging 
your petition and people have been signing it and been very proactive about really spreading this around. Do you want to talk a little bit of what about what you've been doing in terms of voting rights here on campus at NYU? Yeah, absolutely. We are working on this resolution to try to get election day off as a holiday. Yeah, we put together a petition and we have over 650 signatures and hopefully we'll keep rising because we have to put pressure on the administration to say we have to do this, we have to make civic engagement and voting a priority on campus. What would be so good about having this voting holiday here at NYU? Very simply, a lot of times students are juggling having to work, having to go to class, family issues. This would open up that time for them to say, hey, I need to go, first of all, register to vote, and then actually go and vote. You look at the numbers, and in 2016 alone, over 9,000 people from NYU voted in person. So this would immediately enfranchise a lot of folks. So I think it would be really great. That's that's the crux of the problem, I'm pretty sure. Like, at college students, there there's a lot of time that we have, and there's even more that we don't have for doing the manual things like voting, especially colleges that don't have the, the blessing of having everything within 10 blocks. They have to get in a car. They have to drive. And some colleges even, I, I know back in North Carolina at UNC, uh, I I'm pretty sure that they don't allow like cars for your first year. You have to live on campus. And then the oftentimes the, the, the polling sites, I'm not saying that this is at UNC specifically, but can be found off campus. And then that further discourages students from even registering or just going to vote. Yeah. Right. So. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example from right here in New York State. There's literally a video on Facebook of students at SUNY Stony Brook who pretty much documented their trip to their early voting poll site. It took them three hours to get there without a car because of what you just said. This this land of democracy that we live it's in. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So would you say that, you know, this petition specifically, that the aim that it should have in, in creating this election holiday is in incentivizing students and also faculty to vote? Yeah, that's the idea behind it, is definitely incentivizing it. This holiday isn't just, oh, now we have the time to vote. It's also student groups can organize to push students to vote. It, yeah, it, it's really, it, it would really make a huge difference, I think. Is there is there any sort of like pushback from the administration? Why would they even, you know, discourage such a thing? You know what I mean? It's just one day. You know, that's actually a great question. Initially, we thought we were going to get a lot more pushback because of what you said. It's mainly, from our understanding, uh, a calendar and scheduling issue. But from what we've heard from the administration, they're open to the idea, which is amazing. But, it, but the thing is, it took us, and this is exactly what we were talking about earlier, it took us to organize to actually make this happen. If we hadn't said, hey, why don't we do this? This wouldn't be happening. Uh, that's yeah. yeah, that's a fair point. I, I feel like we'll speak on these issues very passionately, but if we don't organize, if we don't sit down and, and think, this is what we're gonna do, this is how we're gonna get the vote and the, or the message out in this case, nothing is ever going to come of any sort of like passionate discourse, right? Um, you mentioned Gen Vote at NYU. Can you talk more about what the organization does here on campus and what Generation Vote does nationwide? Yeah, so on campus, uh, we are putting together voter registration events. We're putting together absentee ballot information events. Uh, we're organizing to get Election Day off as a university holiday. Mm -hmm. And nationwide, Generation Vote is really focused on this new shift toward youth voting rights. And they have over, I think, 11 chapters nationwide, specifically in New York State, though. And, um, and yeah, they're working at the state level to try to pass some really great youth-friendly voting laws. That's very interesting. Um, we have provided a link for GenVote at NYU in the description of this podcast. I also want to ask you, as we want to ask all of our guests, is there, let's say, 
in in your case with voting rights, is there one specific book, for example, that has really taught you and educated you about voting rights that you care to share? Yeah, I love Ari Berman's Give Us the Ballot, The Modern Struggle for Voting Rights in America. It really talks about some of the historical context, but also what the fight for voting rights uh, and against voter suppression looks like right now. You know, Ari Berman is a great writer. He's, I think, on Mother Jones. He's on The Nation. And he really gives a great, great view into, into the problem. Amazing. And he talks about voting rights ac- across the country. Does he specify with just voting rights for the youth or for minorities? It's definitely not youth specific. It just talks about kind of more broadly, but does go into the, a lot of the racial aspects of voting rights. So we have included a link in the description of this podcast um, for Robbie's petition. Please go and sign it. Please contribute to making election day um, possible and incentivize everybody on campus to vote. Robbie, it was a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This has been great. Thank you so much. This like is really this cool. is <laughs> like in terms of like having a first guest, especially with something that's so um, pertinent to today, it's yeah. really really good to have you. Thank, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me.